work in silence Trying to stop the violence Cause I'm killing my goals Here's my story Just imagine how I'm living Only fresh and authentic Never shaking the twisted I'm going off the specifics Moving with high intentions And exercising my mission Blending purpose with vision Now take a sip and just listen Hey, and welcome to another episode of Pink Lemonade, an original podcast by the Skinny Black Girls Code. My name is Whitney B, and I am your host. And today we're going to talk about why we shouldn't confuse pleasure for happiness. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. The sun is shining, come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Pink Lemonade. What do you know about Judy Garland? I mean, she was one of the most iconic female actresses of the 1950s. And I know because when I was a kid, that's all we would watch. Like literally, um, I'm the, the youngest of my mother's children and my sister is seven and nine years older. And I have another one who's about uh, 20 years older than me respectively but we used to watch these old movies and Judy Garland was absolutely one of our favorites and that particular that particular snippet that you heard was from a movie called Summer Stock made in the 1950s when Judy Garland was a part of MGM now if you're not familiar with Judy Garland a lot of you probably know her from The Wizard of Oz when she killed it was Somewhere Over the Rainbow which is literally one of the most historic songs in the world but the thing about Judy, and when you look at her life, and, and I really didn't notice until I got older and really started to learn more about her and her time in Hollywood, she was really someone who was always on the constant pursuit of happiness. Because, I mean, her life, if you really look at it, her life was not her own. When she was a kid, her uh, parents, they were performers, so they got her into the business very young. And then at the age of 13, when she started working with the movie companies, they uh, they started to give her drugs. So she started to get on drugs when she was 13. She would take these happy pills to keep her up because they would work easily 15 to 17 hours a day. And by the time that she was 20 years old, she was essentially a, a drug addict. And it was very unfortunate. And um, there was a quote that she said later on in an interview, uh, that song Somewhere Over the Rainbow, she would say that she take she took the Wizard of Oz very seriously and that song Somewhere Over the Rainbow very seriously because she was always trying to get over that rainbow. She was always looking for that happiness. So it was just amazing just to kind of see, you know, someone who we see who was glamorized on, on television and in the movies, but in their real life, they struggle with really finding and identifying what happiness meant to them because you see to a lot of different people happiness can mean different things to psychologists happiness is like a buffet of emotions that we experience when we do something good or positive to the neurologists or the brain doctors happiness is like an experience of a flood of hormones that are released in the brain because essentially it's a reward for behaviors that allow us to continue to survive in the world and then when you look at religion religious leaders regardless of the type of the, uh, the denomination happiness is a testament to the presence of God now when I was looking at Judy I started to think about happiness and what it meant to me and I started to research the root of it all so I had to ask myself what does it truly mean for me to be happy 
Now, people, they always give that advice, and I'm sure you've heard it in your life before. They say you do what makes you happy, but sometimes that advice can be so scary, especially if you don't know what makes you happy. And I want to point out a distinction that I think is very important to note. So back in the day, the ancient Greeks, they had two words of happiness, and please excuse me in advance if I botch this, because they're not everyday words, but they're very important to the root of our conversation today, and it's hedonia and eudaimonia. So hedonia means that happiness is on the opposite of suffering and we should do everything that we can to avoid the suffering at all costs. People who believe in hedonia, they basically want to maximize their happiness and they want to minimize misery by basically doing whatever they want, regardless of how it may affect them or others in the long run. Now on the flip side, eudaimonia, it's intrinsic. It's less focused on the outside factors and it's all about how to become a better person. When you practice eudaimonia, you don't go for what is easy or what will make you feel good you go for the things that help you live a better and a richer life but unfortunately many of us confuse pleasure for happiness you know let's just put it out there we believe that short-term gains will provide some sort of everlasting happiness when in reality reality pleasure is only temporary spikes of fulfillment in our chart of happiness now there's an interesting theory that i came across that talks about how we measure happiness according to the hedonic treadmill theory which goes back as early as the 1750s and it was actually with another name but they renamed it um you know when the whole workout thing became a craze but anyway people repeatedly return to their baseline of happiness regardless of what happens to them So basically, the theory suggests that no matter what good or bad happens to us, we always have a certain level of happiness inside that will always remain constant. We're maintaining it. So when we fantasize about getting married, getting a job, starting a business, getting a new car, these are all temporary spikes that make us believe that we'll be more happy than what we are. So for example, you know, I'll use myself like last week, right? I received a passport. I'm so geeked. And I had a check from a client. And this was probably one of the biggest checks I've ever received, the most money I've ever made from one person in my entire time as a business owner. And so I got two really great things at once. You know, I'm geeked. I'm excited. You know, I'm dancing. I'm turning on future. <laughs> like I'm this, you know, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm FaceTiming my friends. I'm blasting songs and I was really in a state of bliss and you know after a while that state of bliss died down I'd say maybe a couple days later I was back to where I was not that I wasn't grateful or anything like that but because that moment that instant of happiness was over those things those are material things and you know when you look at the hedonic treadmill theory you realize that those things only represent 10% of what your happiness is now the rest of your happiness is dependent on my actions my thoughts and my attitudes and you know that really represents it's about 40% of what happiness should look like. So I started thinking, what are some of those actions or things that can help me adjust my happiness baseline? While it may stay the same over time, it doesn't mean that you can't strengthen the baseline. So for me, doing things that allow me to flow, like writing or podcasting or anything creative, it helps prolong my feelings of happiness because it allows me to get in touch with who I really am. And after giving some thought, I understand better why people say not to place belief in that happiness is within material things when it is something that you have to manufacture on your own. Now, happiness, it's its about loving yourself unconditionally and loving yourself enough to say when something is enough. Happiness is not overindulgence in the things that make us feel satisfied, but chasing the things that make us feel amplified to reach a higher version of ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, I performed in a spoken word competition and before I did my piece, I talked about how overindulgence leads to addiction. Every single last one of us has something that we indulge in, something that makes us feel good, makes us feel on top of the world in a moment that we do it. But what we don't 
understand is that when we don't apply moderation in our lives we become subjected to addiction addiction is not just for people who drink or do drugs addiction is literally a sneak attack that shows up in your life and consumes it before you even realize what's happening to you some of the pleasures we seek become our escape or so we think the more that we indulge the more we get away from ourselves pleasure is not fulfillment and it's important to me that I don't chase experience just to say that I did it or because it selfishly makes me feel good in the moment at the experience of hurting my future self because let's face it our future selves have the benefit or the misfortune of inheriting the consequences of how we live how we think and how we choose our next moves today so instead of being distracted by temporary and instant spikes of pleasure i'm more focused on creating experiences that reflect the impact that i have on humanity when it's all said and done but i didn't always feel this way because there was a point in my life where i felt like my life had no value and i thought god made a mistake because i didn't see what i even brought to the world and clearly I wasn't happy and as a result I submitted to a lot of things that I thought would make me happy but made me feel more empty on the inside the things that give you temporary pleasure will never bring you permanent joy it's an inside job and something that you have to consistently work on happiness is not always unicorns and rainbows sometimes you have to go through a storm to get to the rainbow and for me that rainbow is purpose when you have a purpose in your life you have to look at your actions differently you have to ask yourself the hard questions that don't validate what you think you need in a moment but what you need to live out a life that feels impactful you start to look at everything and try to ask yourself does it truly support the life that I want to live and when you're able to ask yourself questions like that the root of happiness seems a lot more simple to be understood now know that pleasure it's for the moment and happiness is for longevity, but you have to be wise enough to realize that happiness does not exist in nouns, people, places, or things. It's an internal state of mind that requires you to not only accept the things that make you rise to a bigger purpose and not the things that have the potential to lower you. Too much pleasure is slavery, it's addiction. It makes you conform to ways that manifest because you haven't built the audacity to stand up what happiness truly means, you know, once you've actually established what it means. So based on what you like, anything can please you, but it doesn't always have the ability to ease you in your mind into a position of comfort happiness for me is achieving unbreakable peace it's something that can't be disturbed irregardless of what happens or what does not happen to me and it's a hard lesson to learn I've spent a large portion of my 28 years trying to do what makes me happy while the things that I think brings me pleasure changes with how I mature over time so my definition of happiness will always remain consistent but I know that if it brings me more grief than peace then it's not for me so if you're struggling with happy and trying to figure out what it looks like or what it should look like to you and not trying to live by other people's definition of it, um, here's three things that I think are the most important things to note. The first thing is practicing gratitude. Oprah, you know, I would call her auntie, but I know she hates that. So <laughs> I respect it. But, you know, the, the great Oprah Winfrey, she has one of the best quotes for gratitude. And she says that you have to be thankful for what you have and you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. And one of the reasons why I'm so careful about what I indulge in and how much of it is that sometimes we get arrogant. We, mu we want more when we haven't had the opportunity to appreciate what's in front of us. Why? Because we get comfortable and, and assume that what we have will be here forever and just you know had that constant desire for more everyone wants abundance but I think those who live the most abundant life are those who are not checking 
themselves to make sure that they are not having an attitude or even a spirit of greed. When you're constantly in a state of chasing more, you would never be satisfied. You have to constantly check yourself to make sure that you're practicing gratitude daily because even if you don't have quote unquote everything you want, you will always have enough. And I think that when you are gracious, everything you need will come in due time because what is for you would never miss you. And then the other thing is just really learning how to be human. You know, I think so much we try to be perfect. What You know, whatever perfect is, I don't even know what that means anymore. And, you know, as you're trying to be perfect, you become unhappy. Now, one thing I can say is that you're not going to figure out what makes you happy overnight or even over a couple of nights. It's a journey and where you have to be able to give yourself permission and room for growth. We feel so many emotions in our lives and it's important that you embrace all of your emotions, the good, the bad the ugly of everything you don't want to suppress your emotions and one of the biggest struggles I think that we have as human beings is panicking when we have down moments in life society makes us feel like we should always be giving the most doing the most being the most and when in reality sometimes we have nothing to give and never feel guilty for that we find our way eventually and we have to give ourselves permission to live lives with faith that it would all work itself out but in the midst of trying times we may lose everything in the world but we can't lose ourselves you know keeping your peace and your values are important even if you lose them in your weakest moments it doesn't make you less of a person and it just to me it makes you exactly who you are imperfect and once you're able to accept your imperfections and realize that you are a work in progress and continue to only seek people and experiences that support that progress I believe indefinitely that happiness will always find you and most importantly um to find happiness, you have to make room for what you want. I believe sometimes we block our own blessings and happiness by holding on to things that we should have gotten rid of a long time ago. I used to use time and comfort or being familiar with something as excuses to validate why things should be in my life, even when they were making me freaking miserable. And that's a false narrative that I think we should avoid when we know that a state of happiness is at risk. I don't care if something or someone's been in your life for five years, five minutes, if it doesn't help you grow, you got to let it go. We stun our own growth by using our decisions to choose less than what we deserve. And you have to be bold enough to make room for your next by eliminating what's stopping you right now, making room for good things to manifest in your life, simplifying your life as much as possible. Because when you remove the clutter, it becomes more evident and more clear of what you should be striving. So you can maintain a a level of happiness that cannot be taken from you. Happiness is, it's a complex subject, but one I felt like that was necessary to discuss because so many of us are pursuing it without understanding what it truly means to to have it. Some people argue that happiness is a social construct, which is basically society's way of promoting false satisfaction that makes us buy things and seek services that may or may not improve our lives and and give us that feeling of, of bliss. In some ways, I can agree, but only if you allow your definition of happiness be shaped by things out of your control or by things that lose value and don't add value to your life over time. Happiness is abstract, and I think there may be no definitive definition, and that's okay because happiness is what and how you want to define it. The only thing I challenge you as you define it is to make sure that doing what makes you happy does not cause conflict in your existence. Do things in your life that you can rejoice in and not regret. Do the things in life that demand you to be better and to do better, even if the gratification is delayed, but yet not denied. 
before we leave today, I want to leave you with this quote by uh, one of the Dalai Lamas, and it is, happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. So I want to ask you, what does happiness mean to you? And if and when you know what it is, are you doing the things? Are you taking the actions that you need to take to truly live life by its meaning? Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Pink Lemonade Podcast. Once again, I am Whitney B and I am your host. If you like today's episode, feel free to like, comment, or share on SoundCloud, Apple, or Spotify. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Pink Lemonade Podcast or visit PinkLemonadePodcast.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, peace.